Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Yeah. The charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? Uh-oh. Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hi, Al. Well, hello, Andy. It's, it's been, been a, a rich. Time. It's been quite a, a few minutes. Time. By the way, we've started. Uh, for you at home, this is the three questions. This is uh, I'm talking. I'm talking to Al Roker. No explanation. Everyone knows who you are. Well, doesn't I don't everyone, know about that. Doesn't everyone like? Can you go anywhere without people? Oh, like, you know, saying, look, there are people who watch Good Morning America and CBS this morning. They they, they don't all know me. Oh, come on. No, seriously. Yes, come on. Seriously. Oh, (laughs) Rochester. (laughs) No, and and you're sitting in a beautiful, comfy place. Do you normally, is this your normal Zoom spot now? Uh, It is. It is my Zoom spot. Every now and then I'll go out on the back deck, but this is kind of, this is our family room and kind of where we hang out anyway. So, yeah, uh, it's, I like it. It's cozy. daddy gets. Daddy gets to monopolize it when he's when he's got to or, talk or, to or 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 mommy because you know Deb, uh, Deborah's on oh, right. uh, ABC and so yeah. we've had times where we've both been on the air live at the, in the morning so it's uh, wow it's who gets here first <laughs> yeah yeah have you have you left the house much in the last few months I mean have no, you been not home really. or, uh, yeah. well, I was home once to go to the doctor uh, in in four and a half months. Oh really? So oh, so you're like at a vacation place, or yeah, we have a place yeah. in upstate New York. So I um, see. Uh, we're about two hours north of the city, so it's yeah. Because uh, I like to call it the anti-Hamptons, <laughs> the other direction. Yeah, yeah. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I I, I uh, my a friend of mine had parents that lived in the Hamptons and uh, for a little bit, and they bought a house in the Hamptons, and they're, they 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 lived on the Upper East Side, and they said. Every morning, they'd see the same people jogging in front of their house on the Hamptons that they did on, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, seventy second Street, and they just they sold it because they're like, why do we we want to get away from these people? Not exactly, spending, you know, the rest yeah. of the weekend with them, yeah, yeah, and then you go to the whatever the the little delis are out there, and I think it's it's reasonable pay pay eighty dollars for a half a pound of lobster salad, <laughs> you know, it's like, but the good news is the traffic is so easy getting out there. So oh, it's, it's beautiful. A, it's really nice. It's yeah. It's, it's not at all a bottleneck. <laughs> so, is are you like in a woodsy place? Uh, yeah, we are. Yeah, we yeah, are yeah, very nice. woodsy. Uh, uh, it's it's a uh, very. In fact, uh, <laughs> we had uh, uh, a bear come down the road uh, two two days ago. Two days oh ago. wow! Yeah. So and you saw him, or did you just hear about him through the news? No, saw saw uh, with a couple of cubs. 
So wow. mama, so we you keep your distance, you know. Yeah, yeah, of course. <laughs> and we we've got a small dog, so we don't let her out by herself too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's nice that you got kind of a place to get away to, you know. Yeah, be, yeah, we've be been rough up here to be in the city. No, we've been up here about twenty three years now, and uh, oh, nice. Yeah, so it's it's been this kind of nice getaway, and so when you know, look, I, my heart goes out to all the folks who uh, a couldn't uh, work from home, you know, had to go out, had to, you know, either drive the buses or, or, you know, the, the, the folks who, the healthcare workers, the, the, the delivery people, the, the, the grocery store workers, all those folks, you know, who, who, you know, kept saying, Oh, the, the economy shut down. Well, not for those folks. They were going in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they couldn't, they didn't have that luxury. So we are so blessed to be able to do this from home. Uh, yeah. And and it's funny we'd never spent more than six seven days here, and now we've been here for you know, four and a half months. And all of a sudden, uh, for my birthday, I asked for a toolkit, or for Father's Day, I should say. And yeah. I, I've been you know I'm really in full dad mode now. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, caulking, putting grout in. Uh, you know, just do you know? I put in a garden, a vegetable garden. It's been fantastic. Nice, nice. So, you, I mean, I imagine your work in the morning is pretty, I mean, how do you even, do they send you what, you know, what the forecasts are? You no, don't I, have weather computers in your house, do you? I actually do. Oh, uh, really? Fact, the, the one, uh, what I'm talking to you on right now is one of them. But I have a full setup in my garage uh, with, uh, uh, I, I have this software on my iPad that uh, that turns it into a live camera. I've got lights. Oh, wow. I've got a sixty-inch touchscreen monitor for to do the weather. I've got wow. two two computers driving that. Um, so it's it's like my own little studio. Nice. Uh, which uh, you know, I, I I when I wrote in my book when I talked about high school, uh, I was one of the kids on the AV squad. So yeah. I f- I fell into this quite naturally. It's right. Like, right. Uh, MacGyvering a studio. It's fantastic. Yeah. So when we told you to quick time this interview, you knew exactly what we were talking well, about. Well, you know, it's funny. I once I thought he wanted, because I didn't know whether you guys were doing video and audio. I wasn't sure whether he wanted the video recording or the audio. Yeah, um, no. Because at the Today Show, we've been doing all of our uh, uh, interviews on Zoom, but recording on Zoom. So using, yes. using the Zoom, that's why I thought he might have. That's what we, I mean, that's what the Conan show has been. You know, we've been, everything's on Zoom. And I mean, we just, you know, we've used it, you know, we, we've probably gotten all the comedic opportunities we can out of the Zoom. Um, but yeah, that's how it's all being done. Conan, and actually Conan just this week started uh, broadcasting from uh, a theater in Los Angeles, a little theater that that like everyone's friends with. And <laughs> you can't have the guest. He's just in a theater doing Zoom interviews with people, and uh, but he just—I think he just wanted to get out of the house. Get out of the house. See, I'm very yeah. happy. I'm, you know, uh, you know, Conan's got. Well, although his kids are a little older now, but oh, yeah, um, a little older, yeah, yeah. yeah. But you know, I, I'll, two, two of the three of mine are out of the house, and yeah. my my youngest is just about to be eighteen. So you know, I don't have to worry about. I I, I like being here. You know, yeah, I, don't yeah. get, I don't need to get away. All the folks I work with on the Today Show have little kids and they want to get to back to the studio. Yeah, yeah. Now, you're you're from New York City, right? You're from I am. Queens, is that Queens, right? Queens, New York. Yeah. Queens, New York. Uh, born and raised. 
so when I, you know, was able to come back to New York, uh, at WNBC, uh, that was one of the greatest things. I, I mean, in, in, in our, uh, I, I told the story when I was in Syracuse, when I got my first job in, in television, when I was in college, uh, and you look so much better in person. I, I, I called my mother all excited that I got a job on TV and, she said, oh, well, what channel are you on? I said, well, mom, you can't see me because you're in New York and, and I'm, I'm here in Syracuse. Well, what channel is it? It's channel five. Oh, well, we have channel five here in New York. So I can see you. I said, no, mom, it, it doesn't reach that far. Oh, yes, it does. We have, I'm going to go to the TV right now. You listen. And she puts the phone down, turns the TV on. And, you know, I can hear Fox five or at the time it was Metro media. And I said, mom, I'm not on Metro Media. And it went back. It was like a bad Abbott and Costello routine. We went yeah, back and yeah, forth. Yeah. Finally, I just said, I'm on, I'm all, I'm on Saturday at six o'clock. You watch. <laughs> I'll send you tapes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what did your folks do? Why, uh, had they been in Queens for years or? Uh, yeah. You know, they, uh, my dad was a bus driver when I was mm-hmm. a kid. Uh, my mom was a, a nurse's aide and then, and then a, a homemaker. Uh, and, and we lived in Queens. We, we started off, uh, uh, in my grandmother's house in Queens. And then we moved to Brooklyn for a little while, lived in the projects. Uh, and then we, you know, the American dream bought a house, uh, just almost at the County line in uh, Nassau County and, uh-huh. uh, moved, you know, uh, split uh, or a, a semi-attached home, three bedrooms, one bathroom, uh, six wow. kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Parents, wow, yeah. wow. <laughs> yeah, but it was, and did uh, you know? Go ahead. Did you know right away that you were gonna? I mean, when you were little, did you? Were you a TV kid? Like, were you one of those? Because yes. I definitely was. I, I TV was, was my best friend. Yes, sadly my own, enough, my my only friend, really. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, I, well, here's the thing: I wanted to work in television. I didn't want to be on TV. Um, I was fascinated by. Behind the scenes, I remember Dick Cavett doing a show when he was on ABC on the talk show, doing a show about chroma key and and laugh tracks. And and I just I thought this was the greatest thing going. Uh, yeah. When I was 10, uh, my dad had my dad, like I said, he was a bus driver and, and guys would show up at the depot with boxes of things that had fallen off the back of trucks. Uh, and so wink. one day, yeah, yeah. wink, wink. <laughs> yeah. So one day he brings home this woolen sack 3M reel to reel tape recorder. And I'm just in heaven. I think this is good. Uh, and I figure out if I take the back of the TV off and run coaxial cable from the speaker leads into the line in of the, of the recorder, I can record the audio off of the TV. And so I was recording the adventures of Superman and Batman and then splicing the tapes together. And I, I know my mother thought, oh, this poor child. He's, he's, <laughs> he's never going to leave our basement. He's never, <laughs> Mom, listen, I put together Superman theme and the Batman theme. It's really cool. <laughs> and she's like, huh? yeah. Oh, God. Oh, <laughs> boy. Yeah. And it was so it was just for fun. I mean, did you sit and listen to him for yes. long? Like, did oh, you yeah. listen to the audio from Wow? I, I would. Just because you rec- could. You're probably so you satisfied could. that you figured it out. I, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, it was like a precursor to a VCR. I could, like, record my my shows and then listen back to them, you know. And, right. You know, you had already seen it, so I knew what it looked like, and now I can hear it, you know. Uh, wow. So, it was it was it was a lot of fun and yeah and, and my parents indulged me that's I, I I will be 
they really, you know, here I am, this chubby black kid, you know, staying in the basement, making stop action movies like Gumby cartoons and stuff like that. And, and, and they just, they just kind of like, oh, that's nice dear. you know, yeah. God, you know, but were you, were you the only kid that was, that was, uh, you know, so in love with technology and yeah, yeah. My, yeah. my, my siblings, you know, we're all normal. Yeah. You know? uh-huh. <laughs> the only, the only, the only odd one, uh, who, you know, seemed, I mean, I, I, every, everything that I did was basically would guarantee that I would never get a date. I mean, I I had a Jerry Mahoney uh, ventriloquist dummy. Yeah, I, had a vent- yeah. I had a ventriloquist act. Yeah, girls really think that's cool. The only thing that would have been worse is if I played the the accordion while right. I did the ventriloquist. Right, right, right. Act. Or I had a neck brace, or you know, yeah, yeah, that you know, <laughs> some kind of neck yeah, brace. Yeah, yeah, or you know, yeah, so something sad. like that. Yeah, sad. Very sad. Well. I- I mean, does it, it when you're in school? I mean, does it kind of just continue to your kind? I mean, do you do you care about being called a nerd like you? Because this is all nerd no. culture. Yeah. No, I, I mean, you know, nerd's been like, a completely reclaimed word. Oh yeah. Know? No, no. I I was on the AV squad in high school. Yeah, I like, oh, it's a squad. It was a, it's squad. a squad. Like it, it implies yeah. there might be an emergency. Yeah, it's and like just be we're, deployed. Yeah, we're like AOC. Yeah, no, we would. <laughs> you, yeah, a the AOC, the squad. No, the deal was, you know, back in the day before, you know, uh, whatever you have now, uh, you had to T- everything. Well, we now it's all magic, magic. Uh, yeah, whiteboards, whiteboards and, and, that are yeah, computerized and, with projections. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, now and you hit a button on the computer and it show. No, back then you had to wheel in a cart with a sixteen millimeter projector. Yeah, you know, and th- make sure you keep the loop. And uh, so, and you got out of class because you were on call as part of the AV squad. Wow. Know? Uh, and, and we even had our own gang sign, AV. You know? <laughs> it was. He just made an A and then a V with his fingers for those yeah, of you. Not for those watching. of you not watching. For those of you who have recorded this on your Hollenbeck reel to reel tape right. recorder. <laughs> um, so what? Where do you go to college? I mean, do you think? Are you leaving there going like, all I, right, I'm gonna? No, I wanted to. I, so I just I wanted to actually kind of get into movies, cinematography, stuff like that. I couldn't afford like, you know, NYU or Syracuse sure. University. So I looked, I figured, uh, let me go to a state college. And I found SUNY Oswego, uh, which is uh, uh, right on Lake Ontario. And uh, they had a radio TV department. And I thought, well, they show movies on TV. That's close enough. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, 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 it, and it's radio. And I, I kind of like radio and so uh, they accepted me. They they met my stringent requirements, and so I, I went. This was before, you know. Nowadays, you know, it's the college tour. The kids go ten. You you can see visit ten colleges. We we didn't have the money for that. I've yeah. talked about this before on here, where like my my son just started college last year, and he applied to maybe ten of them. Yeah, and people would ask, you know, other parents as you're talking to them, how many did you apply to? And I was like, one. Yeah. The one yeah. I went to because I yeah. just, yeah, you know, I didn't have a backup. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I went to I went to SUNY Oswego, and uh, uh, in my uh, freshman year, uh, I took this uh, television class. Actually, I take it back sophomore year. 
uh, television production. And uh, there was a guy in the class as well uh, uh, by the name of uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Oh, wow. And uh, he left after sophomore year. I don't know what happened to him. Uh, <laughs> was he funny then? He was, you know, but yeah. not, but not, you know, like stand up. He same. just was, yeah. he was a fun, but, but he would walk around with that yellow pad. He was always working on, uh, you know, bits and then wow. driving to Syracuse and doing stand up. Um, uh, yeah. But then he left, went to Queens College and we all know how it turned out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's a shame that you're not a success like he I is. I know. I know. Yeah. But it, yeah. I will tell you, you know, you feel like, yeah, I'm doing okay. And then, but you're one of your classmates is Jerry Seinfeld. Yeah. So, yeah. You no, know. There's, you can, there's always, I don't care if you're, I'm sure that there are times when Jeff Bezos feels bad about himself. Like when he thinks like, ah, I didn't do that right. Or I could do it. I could have done that better. You can always feel bad about yourself. That's one of the wonderful things about humanity. Yes. Because you can always find a reason to feel inadequate. And even if you don't, somebody else will. Somebody will help you. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So did you, I mean, at what point do you get kind of, because it is sort of a a performing bug to want to, you know, to to be a broadcaster. It's, you know, it's basically of the same urge as getting up on stage to act or do stand up. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I I didn't, I I saw radio because I figured you couldn't see me. I didn't think I was that good looking. And and so you on radio you can be whoever you want to be, uh, yeah. So you know I did a, a you know disc jock you know jock so I, you know, shift I you know did all the top forty type stuff, uh, and, and it was my sophomore year and my college professor this guy Lou O'Donnell, uh, put me up for a weekend weather job in Syracuse, and two other guys did audition tapes and he took it down for us. He worked at the the station. I write about it in the book about how he was the he was the uh, Mr. Trolley on the Magic Toy Shop, which was a oh, a kid show. Very trippy. I've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, yeah. it was in the Guinness Book of Records. It was the longest running local kid show. And so, uh, you know, the, the news director decides, look, I can only afford to hire a college student or a drunk. Because uh, <laughs> I, was, I literally, I was making, I was making $10 a newscast. There were four newscasts wow. on the weekend. But you know, it was 1974, and it was. And and I again, I thought, you know what? I'll just do this until I can get a job as a director or a producer. Uh, yeah, yeah. And it was just it, temporary. Yeah, I had no plans of continuing to do it. Uh, but there you go. Did you just so you just kept doing it throughout school? They didn't. They didn't. You know, they're like, yeah, sure. He works cheap. Let him. Let him keep. Yeah. Doing it. Oh, well, in yeah. fact, I, I, I for my junior year, I did it all junior year doing weekends. Uh, the weekend, the weekday weatherman left uh, at the end of my junior year, and so I got the Monday through Friday job, and wow. I was driving. You're not back even and, out of school yet. I'm not out of school. I'm a senior. Wow. I'm making. I'm making. I'm making twelve thousand five hundred dollars a year. Wow. As a college student. But again, it's nineteen. That's pretty good. It's nineteen seventy five. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm thinking I'm doing all right, you know. Yeah. Uh, uh and, and I had an apartment of my own and I'm just, but I and, and and after a point I thought, well, maybe maybe I'll 
do this for a living. Yeah, yeah, guess, yeah. You know, it seems uh, to be. Yeah, yeah. So I graduated from school six months after I graduate. I get a job offer from Washington D.C. WTTG in Washington, and and that's I move there. I was kind of naive. The news director says, "Look, we can't pay a lot, but you will be on the number one newscast at ten o'clock." I got there, and then I realized it's the only newscast on at ten o'clock. <laughs> Dang you! That's a uh, lesson in that's a lesson in promotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It could possibly but, be bullshit what they're saying, <laughs> yeah. but you know it worked for me. And yeah, I, yeah. Dub- I doubled my salary to like you know twenty four thousand uh, dollars. I was probably the lowest paid person in Washington. But on the upside, I got to meet Willard Scott, uh, who oh. has been my mentor. And yeah, yeah, dearest friend. Uh, you know, since then and ever and, since, yeah. And so, yeah, it was, it was, and, and the the fact of the matter is, I was not ready to do the weather in a in a major market. So, but it was it was a horrible station, and so I got to kind of <laughs> clean up my act uh, in Washington D.C. So I could say I was in the top ten market. Yeah. Was it a was it a network affiliate or was it no? Like it was a, it was an it was an independent station like a, v, a UHF channel. Yeah, well, yeah. no, no channel. Yeah. It was Channel Five, but it's kind of oh. like you know, like this was before there was Fox Television. Yes, uh, uh, but all of the those stations, Metro Media stations, became Fox. Uh, but you know, we were we they had a new a newscast at noon and one at ten o'clock, and that the rest of it was all reruns of television. Yeah, yeah. And but it was it was uh, it was a great a great experience, you know, and, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. And and again, you know, you get to go to lunch or dinner with the biggest personality in, in Washington D.C. and Willard, and yeah. and it it's just you're like wow. What was someday. he doing? Was he he wasn't doing weather then? Was he? Yes, was he, he was doing weather. Oh, he was. He was. But how how did you fit in with him doing weather at the same time? Or? Well, he was uh, he was at uh, WRC, the NBC. Oh, station. he was at a different station. He was I at a you. different station, uh, and and they just were, you know. I mean, he was the biggest thing in Washington. Uh, yeah. And 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 he just kind of took me under his wing. He's a, he said uh, he kind of reminded me of him as a young guy, uh, mm-hmm. uh, and this was before he left to go to the Today Show. Uh, he left uh, Washington in 1980. Uh, yeah. But. And, and then went on to obviously become this huge, huge yeah. star, you know, news yeah. personality. A and, landmark. And yeah. Literally. Yeah. Um, was it now you're young when all this is happening. Yeah. Are you handling it? OK, like when you go away to college, are you handling that and, you know, and all this oh, stuff? I mean, it was it was great. Yeah. You know, I mean, first yeah. of all, I was, you know, I, you know, I had five brothers and sisters. There were three boys in a room. Uh, I get to college now. I'm only, I'm down to one guy. Yeah, uh, it's it's fantastic. Uh, yeah, or the yeah. idea, you know, when you've got, you know, my father at the time bus driver, mom was home at the time, so you know, money was tight, you know, so you didn't get like limitless portions of food. You yeah, you get to college, and it's like, wait, I can have all this, all the yeah, ice cream yeah. I want. I get that's problematic. All, all the that's sugar cereal I want. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so. I, I loved it. I, I mean, I had a great time. I, I, you know, and the ideas that you could, you know, you had this freedom uh, was was intoxicating, you know, as opposed to sharing a house with seven other people. Yeah, know? yeah. It's great. What, um, what, what, where are you in birth order? I mean, are you kind I'm of. I'm the oldest. You're the, I'm oldest. the oldest. Oh, so yeah. Oldest. So you went out and 
you set a high bar for the rest of them, didn't you? Well, you know, they've all done pretty well. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I, I've uh, one. I've got a sister who's a nurse. I've got a, another sister uh, who works in, in a legal profession. I've got my my brother runs a, a, one of the hospitals here in New York City. Uh, uh, you know, I've got another sister. They're, who's a they're doing fine. Yeah, doing yeah. okay. They're doing yeah, all right. yeah. You set a nice bar for them. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, you know, is it pressure on the other siblings? When your folks can say, well, look at your brother, Al, you know, he was on TV in school, (laughs) you know, (laughs) but you know, it's funny. That's what I loved about my parents was that, you know, their children were all equal as far. Oh, did you see what your brother did? Yeah. Now at the time, my brother was like living in the basement, you know, after graduating from school, but he was the best. He was the best at living in the basement that ever lived. <laughs> you know, I mean, <laughs> he's look, look how creative he is. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, so so I, I was like, God, I love you people. Yeah. Yeah. That is, they sound pretty amazing. They sound pretty they were, great. To, they yeah, really yeah. were. You know, they, yeah. They were a beautiful couple. And yeah, De- my wife, Deborah says, okay, uh, uh, are, are you, are you buying a new pedestal to put them on this year? You know, uh, <laughs> I mean, they've, they've since passed, but uh, they, yeah, they, yeah. they're a good memory. Now, uh, so you're in Washington and is, is, is that from Washington to New York or do you? No, from Washington, I, I got a job in Cleveland, Ohio. Uh-huh. Uh, at the NBC owned station there. So, uh, and I spent five years in Cleveland. And uh, uh, as I, one of my favorite stories in, in You Look So Much Better in Person is this this uh, anchor man that I worked with. And it, it kind of relates to what's going on today. Uh, uh, he was married to the co- his co-anchor. And in our downtown area, and downtown Cleveland at that point was a little dicey, but that's mm-hmm. where the station was. There was an older homeless gentleman who happened to be black. And one night, Doug, after the 11 o'clock news, this guy's name was Doug Adair. He was going to his car in his parking lot. And this older guy comes with the the homeless guy, comes up behind him with a rolled up newspaper, kind of bops him in the back of the head and then runs off. Um, (laughs) Very rare. Next day, Doug is telling everybody this story. Now, mind you, all of us wanted to hit Doug in the back of the head with maybe something more than a rolled up newspaper. Because he was he was kind of our Ron Burgundy, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, we're on the air now. It's it's uh, at, at six o'clock. And his wife, Mona, is about to introduce me. And he says, and now, she goes, and now here's, oh, Mona, Mona, uh, I, I have to interrupt you before you introduce Al. Al, I don't know if you know this, but last night, one of your people attacked me. <clears throat> oh, my God. Attacked me. Uh, I, so you you know you're it see that's one of those moments where time stands still, <laughs> and you so I'm going through the catalog, the Rolodex. Okay, what are my reactions here? Do I yeah. uh, just uh, erupt in rage? Do I yell at him? Do I ignore it? So I I look at him and I go, Doug, why would a weatherman attack you? And then yeah. just launch into the weather. Yeah, yeah. Uh, switchboard lights up. People are outraged. You know, uh, he ends up getting suspended and then comes. He's demoted from uh, anchor to a reporter. And like six or eight months later, uh, he leaves and yeah. he, his wife has to leave in in solidarity. And they oh, they up, were like co-anchors. Yeah, they were co-anchors. Uh, oh, wow. And, and they ended up 
in Columbus, Ohio, and, and had a very successful run there. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, it was like, it's those little things that, and, and, and I'm sure if I had said to Doug, Doug, you're, you're, that's incredibly racist. Yeah. He, he, he would not have, would not have seen it. Um, right. But, you know, it, it's, it's those little microaggressions that, you know, you yeah. put up with. No, it's, yeah, it's a, it is a cluelessness. It is just an absolute cluelessness that, <laughs> Uh, you know, because he probably, you were probably like the, you know, the black person he talked to the most in his entire life, you know? Well, I mean, well, I mean and, and it was one of those, you know, at the station, everybody was very friendly. We had been at, to everybody, everybody had been to everybody's homes. It was, yeah. it was never, you know, an exclusion sort of thing. And I, I think in his mind, you know, it, it just, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have occurred to him that that, no. that was an issue. No, you know? there was, so, you know, there was a very... Well, and you know, and it's there's just this very old fashioned, old person way of clumping people into groups. Yeah, you know, it's like, I mean, it's you know, old people sit around and they talk about you know, ah, oh, the Greeks. You know, and it's like, yeah, we, yeah, you know, like we, you know that. Why does everybody have to be part of you know, like they're yeah. all of a of a uh, a plot in a flock? You know, were there were there many? Uh, people of color on TV at that time. I mean, I would think you know, in, in, the, in, in, in local in, news. In local news, you know, there were several. You know, I mean, it wasn't you know chock a block like it is today. But uh, I mean, I was their first African American weatherman uh, in Cleveland. Did uh, they have other other African American uh, personalities? They, yeah, they had other African American reporters. Uh, yeah, there was an anchor guy, Leon Bibb, who had been there for a long time. Uh, yeah, you know, there, yeah. I mean, and, and it, absolutely, yeah, but yeah. Uh, you know, it was, uh, uh, and and it's far more diverse now uh, than yeah. it was uh, uh, than it was that back then. Gosh, yeah. You know, from seventy, I was there from uh, nineteen seventy eight to nineteen eighty two. Oh wow! And did you like living in Cleveland? Was Cleveland all right? I did. I lived on the east side in Shaker Heights, Ohio. Uh, yeah, it was one of the first. Interestingly enough, it was one of the first uh, like uh, communities that in the seventies that strove to integrate and to, mm-hmm. they really worked at having a diverse community. Uh, yeah. And so it was, you know, these great old homes. Uh, yeah. And, and there was a, a, what they called the rapid. It was like a trolley that ran from downtown to Shaker. And I loved living there. I had a great yeah, time yeah. in Cleveland. How does, how does, uh, I mean, just cause I'm, I'm curious, how do you find new jobs as an anchorman or, or as a as a weatherman? Do you? Well, you've got an agent. Are there trade magazines? Oh, there. Oh, it, it is agents, and there. Yeah. yeah, there used to be a magazine called Broadcasting. First, it was called Broadcasting. Then it was Broadcasting and Cable. And in the yeah. back, there were all these classified ads for for different jobs: camera people, on air people, directors, people like that. Uh, it, I don't even think the magazine exists anymore, but, yeah. uh, uh, I, toward the end of my tenure in Washington, uh, a guy you might've heard of Maury Povich had an uh-huh. agent and he, uh, he recommended me to his agent, a guy named Al Geller. And, and was uh, Maury a, an anchor at that time? I, Maury was an anchor at WTTG. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and so, and his wife, Connie, Connie Chung, uh, was uh, working at uh, WTOP, the CBS station. 
So, wow. uh, yeah. So, you guys, uh, it sounds like there, like there wasn't really a lot of competition. It sounds very collegial, like you were all supporting each other. It, and it, you know, it's it nice. generally, it generally is, you know, I, yeah. look, yeah, we work at different stations. I mean, heck, my wife works at ABC, you know, yeah. uh, uh, but, but, you know, you say that with disgust. I know. It's <laughs> ABC. ABC. Ugh, uh, she's owned by Disney. I mean, let's face it there. Uh, how much imagination when you go with ABC, you know, come on. <laughs> um, uh, but, but, you know, I mean, people, everybody's, I think everybody's pretty collegial. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, you even get along with some of the folks at Fox, you know? I mean, it's, yeah. It's the, not all <laughs> no, of them. That's, re- that's really nice. That's really, I mean, it's nice because, I mean, in every other kind of show business, I mean, yeah, there's support and there's all that stuff, but there's also like real sort of, enmity and jealousy and competitiveness oh, oh and, we've got yeah. plenty of that oh we got yeah, plenty yeah. of that but yeah. you know uh but you know there's also a, a camaraderie a camaraderie that that yeah. that exists across across the networks and and the local stations you know yeah uh, i mean you know some of my best friends you know work at cbs a couple of work at abc uh but mm-hmm. but you know i i i i'm a firm believer of of, of live and let live yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I always, the thing that I always want to tell people, you know, from a, a different area, but in comedy and, you know, whether you're a writer or a performer or stuff, I always want to tell people there's plenty to go around. Yeah. Like, you know, you have this reductive kind of zero sum idea in your head that, oh, that, and especially early on when I was starting out, somebody would get a big job and I'd be like, God damn it. Uh. Now yeah. there's no jobs for me, you know, and it's like no, there's there's plenty. There'll always be, there'll always be something for somebody to yeah. act a fool. You I know? mean, if you if you've got if you've got the talent, uh, you know, I, I I remember I was still I was still in Cleveland, and uh, uh, you know we we divided uh, the book up into altruisms and uh, little chapters, and and in one of them I talked about that you never know you've got to set your your sights i remember getting a new york you, you remember the magazine new york magazine mm-hmm. uh, and it was like 1982 and i'd gone out to to get the mail and i pulled out of my mailbox new york magazine i subscribed cuz you know i'm a new yorker yeah sure there on the cover is the cast of live at 5 it's jack cafferty sue simmons chauncey howell frank field liz smith all these people and Peel Lindstrom and I'm looking at it and I said I will never be part of anything this big. Wow. But it's okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and then, you know, 2 years a year later, uh I'm I'm working at WNBC, you know. Yeah, and, yeah. and I'm just doing weekends, but thrilled, you know, because yeah. my my mother can actually turn on the TV and see me. Uh I was going to say when you come back to New York, that's got to be a thrill. I mean, it's, especially if you if you want to come back, you know, if yeah. you want to come, you know, if you didn't have your sights set on L.A. or something like that. I mean, no, this is yeah. I mean, it's where I grew up. I, you know, I yeah. mean, I, I mean, I had the misfortune, if you will, of 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 growing up in in the biggest market in the country. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, if I had grown up in Cleveland, I probably would have been happy working in, in Cleveland, Cleveland. Yeah. Uh, staying yeah. in Cleveland. Uh, but, and so there was something, and it's still to this day, you know what it's like to walk into 30 Rockefeller Plaza. Yeah. There is no other 
building uh, in broadcasting in the world like 30 Rockefeller Plaza. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it is it is history unto itself. I mean, you know, I yeah. still, and it sounds corny, but I still get a thrill walking in there, looking at those murals up on the wall yep. and, and the art deco, uh, uh, you know, tiling. And it, it's unbelievable. And to think, you yeah. know, look, you worked, you know, you worked in, in 6A, you know, yeah. and, and I mean, that's a legendary studio, all the I shows know. that went on there. You know, I, I got know. to work, work in 6B where, where they did the Tonight Show originally from New York. You know, it, 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 it boggles the mind. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it it is absolutely true, and that's one of the things that I uh, always will feel privileged to have gotten to work in that place, to have my own office in that building for seven years, and to yeah. get that experience, and just just how. And I mean, and I appreciated it at the time, but I don't think I appreciated it like like I do now. Like I didn't realize how like kind of special and magical, and especially to like. What our show ended up, one of the things I'm proudest of is the fact that I was on a show that meant something to young up and coming comedy people. Yep. Uh, the way that the important shows when I was young and up and coming and thinking like, maybe I can do this for a living. And those formative shows for me, I will always feel like, you know, there were sort of, you know, absent mentors of me. And there's people that talk to me as if I've been something like that to them uh-huh. it's amazing it's really it is wonderful but and i mean, that was I'm a- the, and i i'm the same way when i go to on you know we work on the warner brothers lot and there's times i, walk, oh, I just like, walk to the commissary and i feel so giddy with excitement because i'll see like a horse and somebody in a cowboy outfit and then you know like and, and then whatever you know whatever like i uh you know, the Batmobile, like, you you know, you walk to work sometimes, you walk to the commissary and, oh, shit, there's the Batmobile. Oh, yeah. cool. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, and that was the other thing. I mean, we we're doing news, but literally across the hall, there's this, this, this comedy show going on that, uh-huh. yeah, you know, all these people, and it's like, I know them. I've been on their show. It's yeah. the, it was, it was the wildest, you know, period of time, you know, that, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and it's changed now, obviously there's, I mean, you've got obviously now Jimmy's in 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 the the studio we were in, uh, you know. But it, it it's it's all you know everything everything changes. It's all changed, yeah, yeah, yeah. The lobby's changed too. I I like the old fashioned lobby when I moved in there with that big old coffee shop that was downstairs, yes. and yeah. Now it's all kind of touristy, gifty shops. But it was it was a functioning workplace, you know. Yeah. Like it had, you know, you. In the basement, there was a drugstore and places to get your shoe shined, and you know, like you can well, that, get all that's your still, stuff that's, done. That's, that's that's still there. Is that still uh, there? Yeah, Eddie's shoe shine is still there. Best shine in New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So how does how and does it just evolve when you come back to New York and you're and you're on the affiliate? Does it just kind of slowly evolve? You're in the building well, and people get used to it. You know? Yeah, it was one of those weird whirlwinds. I mean, I'd been doing the weekend weather, and and like two nights a week, Saturday, Sunday, I'm doing weekends. And then three nights a week, I'm I'm doing or, or days I'm doing feature reporting for you know live at five and and the six o'clock news and uh, uh, six months in Frank Field who was the preeminent weatherman mm-hmm. in New York probably in the country, I remember him yeah I remember uh, his name yeah got got into a contract dispute and left to go to Channel Two CBS yeah and all of a sudden I'm thrust into doing uh 
the, the weekday show and the weekend show. I worked for eight weeks with two days off. Wow. <laughs> and, uh, wow. But, but, and then they made me the weekday weatherman. And it was like this really surreal, like, w- wait, no, I, I, I'm not supposed to be doing this now. I've yeah, only been yeah. here six months, you know, right. and, and, and like, you know, in, in anything, like whether it's comedy or whatever, you never want to follow a legend, you know? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause that's just tough, you know, but it, yeah. it was okay. But, and it was also because I was, had been filling in for him so much. I think people were used to me, but uh, it, it, it was, it was one of the most terrifying. I, I, I wrote in the book, I, I, it was one of the most terrifying moments because we were on our way to one of those upfront things uh, for for our, our local station. Yeah, it's, was, a, it's a it's a promotion for people that don't know. It's like you go and you go and sit in front of advertisers and right. TV writers and sort of get poked at and ask questions. Yeah, and I'm in the, the car with Jack Cafferty, and they're going to introduce me as the new Monday through Friday weatherman following Frank Field and Jack Cafferty. Uh, just before we get out of the car at the New York Hilton, he says, wow, so you're going to be replacing Frank Field. Big shoes. I sure as hell wouldn't want to be you, young man. And then gets out of the car. <laughs> I literally almost started to cry. You yeah, know? yeah. I was like, yeah. I'm going to die. But it turned <laughs> yeah, but it's not, you know, I mean... A, a, that's a shitty thing. To, like, that's a, that's, was he kind of poking you on, like, was it a little I, bit of a poke I'm, for fun? I, I hope so. I think so. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Emmy Award winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in LA, a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at the coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home. Can't you tell my love's a grow? Well, now, when you say, you said at one point before, like, 
that you you weren't ready to to say like be on an affiliate and doing that. What's the difference between being ready and not ready in in doing the weather for for TV? Is it just a sense of of owning it? Is it? I, is I think it it's a sense. Or? I think it's a comfort. I think it's a a confidence. You know yeah. that uh, you know. Okay, I can do this. I I you know I'm, I'm you know that you 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 you're not. I mean, I'm nervous every time I get ready to go on, mm-hmm. but it's like a good nervous energy yeah. as opposed to. Am I going to screw this up today? You know, yeah. Although there is still a little bit of that because I, on any given day, I I think it could happen. But sure. uh, you know, I uh, but but no, I think it's um, uh, you you want it, you want you don't want to screw up. You want to do good. And you're excited about what you're doing, but uh, you know, and and reaching that point of comfort to be able to use that energy, uh, yeah. you know, it takes a while. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because it's it does seem like you know because the work is the same whether you're in Syracuse or whether you're in New York. You're you know that you're just filling in a different blank of a different climate of a different place. Yeah, but you're also and you're also. I mean, tell me the yeah. Well, you're you're also working uh, with a, a you know certain amount more of pressure. Um. You know, stakes are higher, and and I think you're also working with a, a, you know, not to say that there aren't great people in all all levels of 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 this business, but you know, you get to New York, and you're working with you know, hopefully the the best of the best, mm-hmm. and and so now you've got to step your game up. You know, you're, yeah. you you become aspirational. You want to yeah. you want to be as good as these people. Uh, yeah, you you don't want to look bad. And yeah. so I, I think as you progress up the ladder, uh, you know, it, it's a it's a it's, it's a, a whole new kind of pressure. And then there's just that comfort level that becomes, uh, you know, with your co-workers, your co-hosts, you know, this unspoken language. I'm, I'm sure, you know, like it, like it's like you and Conan, you know, absolutely in the, yeah. in, in the beginning, you know, you're feeling each other out. You're trying to get each other's rhythm. And you go back to Carson and and McMahon, you know, it's that, you know, you, 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 you develop the sixth sense with each person uh, and not to get too Zen about it, but you know, I know when Hoda or, or, or Savannah is going to do something or say something, or they, they have a sense that I'm going to jump in. It just, it just happens. Yeah. And how long, how long are you on the, the uh, NBC, uh, the WNBC news before you start doing the today show? Well, I and started. Is there, a, is there a transition, or does it just go whole? No, you just no, go from one to the other. No, it was a real transition. Uh, yeah, I, I I started at WNBC in uh, 19, 1982, and uh, December of eighty two, and then in in this I started filling in for Willard Scott uh, around nineteen eighty six. You know, day here, day there. And then started filling in for him a little bit more, a little bit more. Then in 1987, they started the Sunday Today Show, and I, I got that job. So uh-huh. now I'm I'm working six days a week, uh, uh, and filling in for Willard more and more, yeah. to the point where in 1995, he, by by 1995, I was basically filling in for Willard Mondays, Tuesdays, and Fridays. Yeah, and and still doing the five, six, and the eleven on WNBC. Right, and then in 1995, uh, he decided to kind of semi-retire, 
And so I got uh, his job. So I was doing the five and the six and the Today Show five days a week. Right. Is this 5 a.m. and 6 a.m.? Is that what you're talking about? No, no, 5 p.m. and 6 p.m. Yeah, that's what I was going to say, because you're at the station all goddamn day then, aren't you? Yeah, yeah. Wow. So it's- uh, What do you you do in between? I mean, you must have hours off in between where you, you know- Yeah, you'd you'd go home, you know, take a nap, hang with the kids, uh, and then you'd come back in. And then eventually, after after three years, it got a little old. And finally, uh, I transitioned off of WNBC and Janice Huff took over, you know, yeah. five, six and 11. So, but, you know, it was, uh, you know, it, but I, I even, even though I knew I needed to do it, it I was kind of loath to let it go because, yeah. you know, it's also that you never know. I like having a backup plan. You know? Right. Exactly. Yeah. And you know that that's steady and it's there. And yeah. Um, at what point does a family enter this? Does this like when is when is your first kid come along? Well, uh, I adopted uh, my uh, first daughter, Courtney. Uh, she was born in 1987, and uh-huh. that and we adopted her a few months after that, uh, mm-hmm. and that was with my my previous wife, and uh, uh, and and she was around. Uh, we she was 11. I had been divorced at that point. And she was 11 when uh, Deborah and I had had Leela. Uh, Leela uh-huh. came along at uh, in, in uh, 19, uh, 1998, and then we had Nick in 2002. Uh, yeah. So you know. It's so they're been, spread out. They're, they're spread they, out. Yeah. They yeah. really are. They really yeah. are. Although it's funny, uh, obviously different spouses. My my baby brother uh, is 17 years younger than me. Same parents. You know. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. It's uh uh it he just turned fifty, and it's it's kind of weird, you know. Yeah, yeah. A, you know, the, my baby brother is fifty years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know, I know, I know. My my baby brother and sister are well. What are they? Forty four, and that's like they shouldn't be. In my mind, they're always about fourteen. You know? Exactly. Now they're forty four <laughs> and got kids and mortgages and yeah. Um. So. Does, is it hard? Is there? Are you accepted right away? Like, and mostly by the public, I would think. When you, you, know, when you get it, onto the Today Show and, and you're, well, I mean, you sort of eased into having. Yeah, you know, presence. it's it's, it's yeah. funny. I've always had this kind of ease in. When I got to WNBC, I was you know filling in for Frank Field constantly, so that when you know he left, I just kind of people were used to me, you know. And yeah. same thing with the Today Show. And 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 by the way, Willard made that so easy you know mm-hmm. it was he, he gave it his blessing so yeah. that you know it wasn't like oh here's this young whippersnapper coming in right. and taking over for willard you know it was yeah it was kind of a natural transition and you also i mean and he had already sort of set the precedent of being more than a weatherman yeah and yeah, uh, he- on the today show you know talking to people and kind of you know also being expected to kind of weigh in on banter and stuff which you know most weather people <laughs> and you watch most affiliates, they, you get the sense they don't want to talk to the weather, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we're the- <laughs> Keep we're him the, out of the conversation. Yeah, we're not, we're not it's, 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 it really is like the movie Anchorman, you know? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's that. But I, you know, that, and that's one of the things that I, I loved about writing, you look so much better in person and that you, you, I, I get to give people a little behind the scenes that the fact is that, that you, you really can, 
go for things that you didn't even think you were going to go for. I People have said to me, oh, the Today Show must be a dream job. No, it never dawned on me that, to yeah, to do the Today Show, to dream about yeah. it. I was I was so thrilled when I got the Monday through Friday job at WNBC that I thought, this is great. I, I mean, yeah. I, I, the idea of the Today Show wasn't even a, a glimmer. And, and yeah. boom, here we are. Yeah, yeah. Now you've really, I mean, I got this, you know, we do, I do a little bit of research or someone does it for me and prints things out. And there's just so much stuff here that is like, uh, well, the Rokerthon, you did a nonstop 34 hour weather forecast to break the world record. What, what year was that in 2014? I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was some, some Swedish woman. We had a kicker in the news. Some, some Swedish woman. Some Swedish woman. The Greeks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so this Swedish woman did a live broadcast for like uh, 24 hours. And, and when they came out and they tossed the weather, I said, heck, I could do that standing on my yeah, head. Yeah. Please. And so afterwards, my producer says, that's, that's great. We'll do it. I said, do, do what? Break the world record. I said, what? And so. Uh, what so do you, I mean, what do you do? Like, it's still sunny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and four minutes later, it's still sunny. And, you know, it was funny because it was one of the first times. I mean, you know, streaming, live streaming, all that stuff just was kind of coming into vogue. Yeah. And so what we decided was I would do a live weather forecast to all these different affiliates across the country. And in between, I we would be on today.com. I and see. so so it was this weird hybrid that nobody had ever done before, really. Yeah. And and so, you know, the idea is you've got to be on the air live uh, and you get five minute breaks uh, every hour. Well, my thing was, I'm just going to keep going and just accrue the five the minutes. Five minutes. So that I, uh, and so I took my first break, maybe like five hours in. Yeah. And, and I had to go to the bathroom. Right, and our, our, our audio guy, because again, it's it's not like real live TV. It's it's streaming. And anyway, yeah. he doesn't turn off my mic. So <laughs> and they're just running like weather graphics. But you hear me. And and my producer bangs on the door. He goes. Your mic is hot, and I come back out. It's like it's like from airplane. I mean, uh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. police police story, yeah, yeah, police yeah. squad. Anyway, I come back on. I go that, ladies and gentlemen, is your first example of live streaming on TV. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, that's great. Now I also this is this is you. Now you reprise that you did. Rokerthon two reporting weather from all fifty states and Roker yes. three. Which was just colleges and breaking world records at each one. Yeah, we broke longest. we broke we broke five college records in five days, which nobody which had were. Done. So that was its own record. Uh longest conga line on ice skates, longest right. crab walk, um longest I'm trying to most most students forming the school letters and I can't. There's one more that I cannot remember for the life of me. But oh, longest it's a record. Uh, longest. Uh, uh, it, it's one of those uh, game ball games, like not dodgeball, but something like that. But anyway, yeah, yeah, uh, like kickball or something. Anyway, yeah. So we did we did five those five, and actually we're about to do another one where we make 
50 sandwiches live from all 50 states. I will be in one spot and we will throw to chefs Have making sandwiches all over. All over. Wow. That's amazing. So. <laughs> oh, and they said there's no ideas left. Uh-uh. No. <laughs> We're churning them out. It's going to be live streaming on Peacock, baby. Yes. Now, here, these are some of the, this is, you You made your Broadway debut when you played Joe in the musical Waitress, and you also co-authored a murder mystery series. Yes. Featuring a celebrity chef turned amateur detective. What? <laughs> Leave something for the rest of us, Al. <laughs> when will it be enough? When will you it know, be enough? I, it, I, I, uh, and I've written 13 books. Uh, I know. And, and this is and my 13th. You had all your own show, you know. Do you still do Food Network shows or, or no? You know, no, we don't shows? do the. They don't do. Yeah, those yeah. Now. But you yeah. were. I mean, you were doing those for so long, and I was like, yeah. "How does he? Do his children know his face at this point? He's so. <laughs> they, he does they, everything. They call me Uncle Daddy. Uh, <laughs> 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 but you know, I, I, in fact, in in, and you look so much better in person. I talk about how. I, you know, I I interviewed William Shatner once, and I said, you know, Bill, you're going to be 86 years old at the time. Uh, I said, how do you, and you're busier than ever. How do you how do you stay so relevant? He goes, Al, I never say no. I always say yes. I mean, what's the worst thing that can happen? You've heard my albums, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and, and I and I thought, you know, and and my agent called uh, and they said he said the the producers at uh, Waitress. Uh, or wondering if you'd be interested in coming into the show. And I said, do they, what, I, I, I suppose they want me to play hunky Dr. Palmiter, right? And, uh, <laughs> and he said, no, they want you to play old Joe. Uh, and, <laughs> old guy, Joe. Yeah, 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 guys like 70 plus, like 80. Like the guy who was in the play before me was 80 years old, you know? Uh, uh, anyway... I said, I don't, I don't, and, and I, I'm telling the family this at dinner, and my daughter, Lila, who at the time was at LaGuardia School of Performing Arts, doing musical, theater, doing musical theater, she said, Dad, how do you say no to Broadway? I mean, come on. Dad, you've got to do this. I said, sweetie. She's got a point. But yeah, exactly. I, she, yeah. It was kind of like, and I said, but but I got to sing. She goes, Dad, I've seen the play. You only have one song, and it's two minutes. You can talk on pitch. <laughs> Oh, and so great. I, I got a, I, I got a, a voice coach, and 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 you know what, Andy? I'm going to tell you, it's it, it's been one of the greatest. It was one of the greatest professional experiences of my life. I bet. I, I never. It, 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 look, you guys, you know, when you, you do a show in front of a live audience, and so you know, you get that instant uh, uh, gratification. You get that feedback. Uh, you know, we do a show, live show, but you know, every day. But it, you know, it, there's no audience really. I mean, yeah, folks yeah. at the you plaza, got people but, outside. Yeah, you got yeah, people outside, but it's, but it's not, not the same. same. Yeah, this I know now why actors have the egos they have. You know, it it, it is it it is intoxicating. Yeah, you know, to that first you walk out and you get that applause, and it, it's like, oh my god, this is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was, and I, yeah, and I was doing the Today Show, and you know, eight shows a week, and I did that for for twelve weeks. Yeah, but it was, <laughs> I, I was great. That was, yeah, that does sound great. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Now, 
Can I? Can we talk about the gastric bypass? Is that okay? Yeah, to sure. Talk yeah, about? yeah, sure. Because yeah. I mean, because you were, and I'm, and as somebody, you know, as as somebody that, for me, you know, somebody that's struggled with my weight my entire life, and in many ways, you know, shaped my identity and shaped my neuroses and shaped a lot of, you know, a, a lot of thought patterns that I've had to undo in therapy sure. over the oh, yeah. years, you know, Absolutely. like learn to not hate myself and all that kind of thing. I mean, I, I know that you struggled for years and years and years with your weight. And I mean, what, what made you decide, like, I got to go ahead and do this surgery? Well, here's the deal. Uh, uh, my dad, uh, in, in 2000, 2001, uh, in July, was here I'm like I'm looking at our pool my dad and my mom uh, I, they they asked me to put Sinatra on so I'm I'm playing Sinatra and they're they're dancing in the pool together and I'm like, hey get a room you know I mean they yeah. just anyway he'd been complaining a little back issue long story short turns out he, he had stopped smoking 35 years earlier uh but he had lung cancer and mm. it was it was pretty well advanced and uh so one day, I, my my routine was, uh, I would go to uh, I would go to uh, visit him before I'd go to the Today Show each morning uh, at Sloan Kettering, and then I'd stop by on the way back and and stop by and see him. And uh, this one morning, you know, I just lost it. I don't know. It was it was tough. And, yeah. And and uh, he said, "Listen, come on, come on, it's." I'm not crazy about the fact I'm not going to make 70. He was 69 years old. He goes, yeah. and I, I'm not going to make 50 years with your mom. Uh, he missed it by like five months, six months. Um, he said, but yeah, I've had a great life. I'm proud of you kids. I've got, you know, I, I got nothing to kick about really. Because the only thing I'm worried about is you. They said, uh, we both know I'm not going to be here to help raise my grandchildren. Uh, and uh, we've been going round and round about your weight for as long as I can remember. You've yeah. got to, you've got to promise me you're going to do something about this, because I, I just, uh, I, it, it's the only thing that I, I'm worried about. Mm. It's like, wow. And I say, I said, I, I promise. I, you know, I want you to swear to God you're going to do this. I said, I swear to God, Dad. And that afternoon, I got home. I got, I came back to the hotel room. I mean, the hospital room. And uh, he had lost the ability to talk. The mm. cancer had kind of hit his brain, and and uh, he was gone two weeks later. Wow. And and uh, New Year came, and ironically, my wife had done a story for twenty twenty about gastric bypass. This family that had had gastric bypass, and I, to be honest with you, Andy, I'd looked at it maybe a year and a half earlier. But back then they were doing it where they literally cut you open from here down to your, your abdomen and split yeah. you open. Did the, well, by this time, the, the, the technology had gotten to the point where they could do it arthroscopically. They make five incisions and they do it. Um, and so uh, in March, I decided to do it. And, and the only, it, it, it was a month before I was scheduled that I finally brought Deborah in to tell her and meet with the doctor. And that my mind was made up, I'm going to do this. And I didn't tell anybody at work. I took vacation and uh, had it done. And 
you know, it was, I had no side effects, really. I was losing weight. The problem was I hadn't thought through the part that, oh, you're going to lose a lot of weight. You're going to lose it fast. Yeah. So people start calling in. Is Al Roker sick? Does Al Roker, yeah. you know, there's their tabloid stuff. Al Roker has cancer and stuff like that. And so we finally had to come clean about it. Uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't tell anybody I worked with. I, I, I was embarrassed about that. But, it, this, but it, to, when, when your, was it? What year was this? It was 2001. Okay. Uh, and, and to your point, I was ashamed. I was ashamed of the fact that I had to resort to this extreme surgery yeah. To lose weight. And and yeah. it took me going to therapy and finding that, look, it's just the ends to the means. It's not, you know, the be all and end all. You still have to do work to maintain the weight loss. Yeah. You know, I've kind of gone up and down. My mom got sick a few years after I had the bypass and I was driving every day out to uh, North Shore, Long Island, Jewish and, uh, you know, spending literally two and a half hours in the car each day and yeah. spending time at her, uh, you know, for three months. And I, Gained 40 pounds back, you know, eating poorly. Wow. And, yeah. And then kind of got it back together after she passed. And, you know, my dad wouldn't want this. And But, you know, it's it's still a struggle. Every yeah. day is a struggle. Every you've day. Done, well, you've done amazing for that long, you know. I mean, it's now going on 20 years. And, and you pretty much have kept it off. And that's really, you know, it's amazing. It's something that uh, you don't, you don't, you know, I just recently... But I mean, I had a huge life change. My wife and I split up, and I lost oh, forty I'm sorry pounds. To hear that. Oh, thank, thank you. Um, I lost forty pounds just that started out because I couldn't eat. You know, mm-hmm. I just was. It was just awful, and I couldn't eat. And then, you know, after a few months, I was like, "Well, I'll just keep up this momentum." Um, and I did pretty good for a while, and then this goddamn COVID hit, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But I also too. I started to slowly like get comfortable again yeah. and I started yeah. to, you know, put weight back on. And it is just like, I try to look at it so that I don't beat myself up. It's like, everybody's got something, you yeah. know, everybody's got something that adds an extra, just, an, you know, adds an extra sort of like F you to their day. Like, you know, you go through your day and you're doing whatever, but like, like me, I got to worry about, past eight o'clock shoving food in my face, you know, sure. or, or just like, you know, I, was, I did, I did, I did this podcast live in San Francisco with Rachel Dratch and we took oh, questions God. from the audience at the end. It was really fun. And at the end we took questions and somebody asked us both, like, what would you tell your younger self? Like as ad- advice. And I said, seriously, the only thing I would say is learn to love cardio. Just try Yeah. Yeah. To learn to love cardio because yeah. I still fucking hate it so oh, much. Oh, please. I just, you know, I've got yeah. it. I, I've been doing this thing. And you know, one of the things I learned from my wife, Deborah, as I, is that, you know, I was one of these people that if I'm going to, if I'm going to do anything, I have to be a hundred percent. So if yeah. I'm, if I'm working a food plan, if I stray, it's, it's a failure. Well, the hell with it. And I'm just going to yeah, yeah. go. No. Or if working out, if I can't work out for an hour, well, then the heck with. It. And instead, it's like, you know what? I'm I've, I've found that I'm most effective working out for 30 minutes. Yeah. And 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 so during this covid, I've been working out with my trainer, the Zoom thing, you know, five days a week, but for 30 minutes. And yeah. 
you know, cumulatively, it still worked, but it's like, I can deal with that. I can yeah. do that, you know? Uh, yeah. But, but it's, you know, it, 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 you still, you know, I still have a different, I'll say to Deborah, is this tight? Does this, this looks tight? And she's like, it looked great. But yeah. I'm so used to wanting stuff loose because, yeah. you know, <laughs> you feel like, well, it camouflages your body. Yeah, bit. yeah, you know, you want to hide. Yeah, you want to hide this stuff. Well, what, uh, what is there anything you haven't done that you, that you know, is there anything that's kind of that you wish, you know, you'd accomplished? Or is there anything in the future that you think like, I'm going to, you know. No, you know, open my I, own muffin bakery or something like that. <laughs> I would, you know, I would love to open up a barbecue place, but you know, yeah, restaurants are such a you know crapshoot that it's yep. like, well, I, I mean, that would be a vanity thing, and it probably would not fa- would not succeed. Uh, yeah, but you never know. And but also, no, do you really want to spend all that time? You know, it's either either you're a dilettante and you hire someone else to do it. Right. Or you go spend your life at a GD restaurant. You know, it's yeah. like, it's yeah. rough. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, I've, I don't know. I, I guess and that's been part of it. Yeah. I, I, it's something I, I kind of allude to and, and you look so much better in person. I, I, I never know what's coming down the pike. Um, yeah. You know, if, if 20 years ago or 30 years ago, you would have told me, uh, you know, I'd have worked at WNBC. I would have been on the Today Show. I would have known Willard Scott. I would have done a Broadway show. I've written, written 13 books. Uh, uh, you know, I, I, I'd laugh at you. You know, I'd, yeah, you're yeah. crazy. But I, I didn't plan any of those things. None of right. them. Not one of them. Uh, so, you know, I don't know what's what's the next act. Uh, yeah. I'm still trying to hold on to this one. You know, it's. A, it seems but, like you seem to have a pretty fun life to be honest I, with you. And I, you, you always know, have. And, you, you Andy, know. I do. Uh, and yeah. listen, everybody's got something, like you said, but I'm, I'm not going to complain. I'm just yeah. I'm just not because I've been really blessed. And and yeah. I, when I say that, that's not to say that people who don't have this kind of life aren't blessed. But I'm just, I, I've been very fortunate. And yeah. uh, I, I know that. Uh, I've, I've got friends who are, are, are more talented than I am. And haven't achieved the level of success that I have, and it, I think it's so much of it is you know happenstance, being at the right place at the right time. Yeah, uh, yeah. you know you, we can all look at if if I didn't do this, then this wouldn't have happened. Uh, yeah, and and I pretty much you know even to, from high school, you know, but you know it it I've I've led if not to be maudlin, but if something were to happen tomorrow, uh, I'd be okay. Because yeah. this has been a really good life. I've got three wonderful children. Uh, I, I mean, that are doing things that I would have never imagined. You know, which is what. You know, how old are your kids? Uh, Fourteen and nineteen. Okay, so yeah, I, I think what we want for our kids is is to live up to their potential, to be healthy, and to be happy. Yeah. Uh, and and my oldest girl is is a chef. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't cut out for four years of college. But she took the bull by the horns and went to culinary school, and she's doing really well. I've got a daughter who took a different path to college. She's in her third year, just finishing her third year in college in Paris, and has, wow. is this student with a worldview, and uh, she's writing for magazines and stuff, and uh, as a contributor for Today.com. Uh, 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 totally unbeknownst to me, they 
they reached out to her and then reached out to me and said, we've contacted you because she, she's, she's a really good writer. And I've yeah. got a boy who's got some, some special needs, but you know, at, at, at four years old, he, three years old, he wasn't really walking or talking as a kid who's gone on to get a black belt in, in Taekwondo and, wow. uh, uh, you know, is a, is an accomplished swimmer and is about to turn 18 and, and, uh, uh, you know, got it, just got, you know, he just finished his junior, his sophomore year and he got a, an A minus average, you know, he wow, works like, he great. works, that's, he works wow. like a, like, like a son of a gun, you know, yeah. as a tutor every day, but he does, he puts in the work and I could not be prouder of these kids. And, and that's all you want, you know, for yeah. them to, to be finding their own way. No, you said it happy and healthy and anything else beyond that, you know, you want to, Pierce your face. Go ahead. If it makes yeah. you happy, I'm. I just don't. You know, you want to tattoo your eyebrows on whatever. I don't, you know, <laughs> look surprised permanently. I don't care. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Now I've seen. You know, these are extraordinary times that yes. we're in right now, and I can only imagine what it is like to work on a news program, but kind of not supposed to have any opinions about stuff. And I have seen you actually have some opinions. There's some yes. video of you and you're not like somebody who goes out on a limb politically, but I have seen you kind of say some stuff of like, this is crazy and enough is enough. And this, yeah. you know, Look, and I just wonder what's that struggle like for you now? I mean, it's, it's, you know, you know because, Andy, is there ahead. a lot of pressure from the people above you to kind of like, you know, remain neutral. No, in, in fact, it? in fact, it, it just the opposite. Uh, mm. They encouraged it. Uh, my executive producer, Libby Least, and my other executive producer on the nine o'clock, uh, uh, Jackie Levin, were all in. I, I came to them and I said, I, I, I want to talk about this. And then, what do you want to do? Yeah. And, and, and um, I think people need to know that, you know, they think, and listen, I, I like I said, I've I'm, I've got a wonderful life, I really do, but and and in some ways insulated from some racism, but in other ways not. I mean, yeah. my kids, my kids have seen me go into a rage just last year when we got passed up by a cab, several cabs. You know, it, it's still it's, it, this is two thousand two thousand and one. I mean, two twenty nineteen, twenty twenty, and yeah. and this is still going on. I, as I mentioned, my son goes to high school. He takes the subway. I don't breathe a sigh of relief until he walks in the door every afternoon, yeah. or, or, if, or at least get a get his text. A text. Hey, yeah. I'm home. I'm home. And and you know because and, and you have to tell your kid. And and look to a certain extent, yes, everybody should tell their kid this. But especially if you've got a, a child of color, that if you're stopped by the police, you have got to make sure that you give them no reason to see that you're mouthing off or causing any problems because you will be dealt with differently than your white friends. Mm -hmm. And that's just the way it is, you know? Uh, so it, it, you know, it, it, and, and there's a reckoning going on right now. And, and I'm old enough, Andy, to, I mean, I was in, I was in eighth grade in 68 when all hell was breaking loose and, and people were protesting in the civil rights movement. And, I mean, there's a, there's a, a, an era that gave birth to Al Sharpton. I mean, he, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're two Al's who are both from Queens and, you know, I mean, uh, uh, you know, he, he has walked the walk and, 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 uh, uh, you know, really, you know, was immersed in this, but, you know, 
This today is different. It's it's this this coalition of young people, of white people, of of of, of Asian people, of Hispanics, of of all age groups. You yeah. know uh, that are are saying. Yeah, I mean this George Floyd thing was it was finally the cam- the straw that broke the camel's back, and yeah. and I think pulled the veil away from people's eyes. That was like, yeah. oh my God, the brazenness of it. Mm-hmm. The, the 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 disregard for human life was just and it was all there to see. It was, it was all there. there to see. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't at the dead of night. You know, some grainy, distant video. This was daytime, daylight. People surrounded, and a, a, a police officer that had no regard for this man's life. I mean, could could have been standing on a sack of flour as far right, as right. he was concerned. Could and, I mean, really, literally, it was as if he stepped on a bug. And, or in and, terms of like that, the the attachment that he had to this life that he snuffed yeah. out. And, yeah. And people saw this and were like, and it's like, hey, this goes on all the time, you know? And that's not to say all police officers are bad. They're not, obviously. Most are good. It's, you know, it's a shame that we have to say but that But we have qualifier. to say that. We I know, it's, that. but it's like, and the reason we have to say that qualifier, and this is the thing that I do, that like you're right, I think it is changing. When you say, I fear for my son's life when he, you know, I I breathe a sigh of relief when he comes in the door every day. There are people that are committed to keeping that the same. There are people that like, they're okay with that. They're, you know, white people that are okay with that. So, you know, the fact that we have to go through these rhetorical hoops to, to say you, that you should not feel have to feel relief every day that your son comes home that like that like in order for you to do that you also have to apologize for non-racist policemen and 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 the interesting thing i I think a lot of i think a lot of people see they say oh wow look we've had a black president it's that all be good in fact in some ways it's worse now yeah absolutely you know there's this they were racist to sleep at the wheel and they let a black guy slip through and then yeah, he came like, back what? full force. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's, you know, I, uh, uh, it, it was one of those things that while it's not something we do regularly, I, I had no hesitation, uh, to say it and to do it. And what was heartening and a lot of times, like, uh, it's, it's funny over the last five years, I've seen this evolution. Like when I first started talking about climate change, you know, I get you know, this vitriol on Twitter. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's really kind of come way, way down. And I was expecting maybe something on Twitter about this. And there was, I got literally no pushback from people. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, you, you got a few people who go, well, isn't it like all lives matter? I said, yes, but all lives can't matter if black lives don't matter. So, right, right, right. you know, one, you can have two things that are true at the same time, you know, yeah. so one doesn't exclude the other. So yeah. let's not, right, let's right, not right. do that. Let's not do the, what about? I hate yeah. when we, yeah, but what about, no, stop it, stop it. As if, as if, as if, again, it's a zero sum game as if yeah. that, like there's only one kind of like, and you know, the thing, the blue lives matter kills me because nobody's born blue. Yeah, you know, no, you're, you're no. born black. You yeah. you choose to be blue, and then you choose how you behave within that, within your blue uniform. Yes. You know, and so yeah, no, it's uh, I, and that you know, especially when you put this up against 
the fact that the world is on fire, literally that, yeah. you know, that the, that the seas are beginning to boil that, you know, the, the temperatures in Siberia yeah. are just in the terrifying. 90s. Yeah. It's and, terrifying. Yeah. And, and I think, and, and that we're still quibbling and we're still having to say, well, there are some good cops like, well, yeah. the, the seas are rising. Let's, yeah. <laughs> like, let's yeah. just get past this. You know, well, we're all humans and we're all going to drown. We're, or we're yeah. all going to die of famine. You know, we all, let's put this shit aside and fix the planet, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I think, I and I think, I think that people are, uh, are far ahead of the politicians where this is. I yeah. think, you know, I think they, you know, you look at the surveys, you know, uh, 75 or 70 to 78% of Americans feel that, uh, realize that, you know, that, that there is police brutality now, that, that there is racism. Uh, all these things that, you know, people, you know, 75% of the people at least, you know, do believe that there is climate change going on. It's all, yeah. I mean, in, in a sense, and, and, and I don't mean this to be flip, you know, this pandemic, uh, the only good side to it was that it, it, it locked us down. And so that when George Floyd happened, when economic, uh, disparity happens, when this pandemic, all this stuff, uh, uh, we couldn't look away. We had no distractions. Yeah. yeah. We were forced to look at this. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, you know, it's, it's a, it's a heartbreak that 130,000 or more Americans are dead and God knows how many more around the world. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but if there is any silver lining to this is that I think we are going to come out of this far differently than we, than we went in. Yeah. I talked to W. Kamau Bell about this subject and he, he said, definitely, he said, that George Bell might or uh, George Floyd not, might not have been the breaking point had it not been for the coronavirus. Yeah. He said, "We're all home, we're all antsy, we're all you know. A lot of people, you know, are out of work, so they can they have they can go out in the street and yell about this because they don't have to go to a job, to, you know." Yeah. And he said, "Yeah, it's coronavirus." And I and you're right. It is like this has been. This has been a really interesting time because in addition to making us force, forcing us to to view all of these kind of issues and kind of deal with them and talk about them in a more open, productive way than I think we ever have. It's also like, I don't think it's so bad that we all had to stop for a second, that we all had to stop and that and that we got to spend a lot more time. I know so many people who silently say to me, I'm kind of loving it. You know, I'm, oh. I'm home with my family and it's yeah. really great. Yeah. 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 I'm doing this. I'm doing this Instagram cooking show with my son. Uh, what oh, we're fun. cooking. Uh, you know, it's like two, three minutes, four minutes. Uh, I got to see it, that. That sounds yeah. like, that sounds great. I love that stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, we're doing stuff that we just, I mean, we've been playing, we've been doing family game night. You yeah. Know? I mean, doing, tr- playing trouble and scrabble and that's uh, great. July 4th, we watched, uh, I, I, I got one of these LED projectors. I put a big, a big sheet up, uh, and and we watched Jaws in the backyard. Had some oh, friends fun. over. We all socially distanced. Had popcorn, yeah. and, like a drive-in. And, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I went. I took my I took my kids to the drive uh, to a socially distanced drive-in on Father's Day. That's what we did. We 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 did just, the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it's uh, so you know. I'm hoping. I I I feel hopeful. Yeah. 
Well, I, I've kept you enough here, and I want so we got to kind of wrap it up. And um, you know, the final question of these three, which you know you've answered, I didn't answer them, ask them explicitly, but you know, the final one is kind of like what's what's the point of the Al Roker story? Like, like what should somebody looking at your life and and your personality and who you've done, you know, who you've met and who you are? What what is what do you want people to take away from that? You know. It, it's funny because that's kind of toward the end of, of uh, you look so much better in person. I kind of distill it that I want, I want people to reach, reach beyond where they think they're going to be. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I, I, like you said, uh, you know, I had a certain image of myself, uh, overweight, bald, black. I didn't, I just didn't think that, you know, I was going to, do that much. Uh, maybe that's why the idea of being on TV never entered my mind. Radio was something, but yeah, I still went ahead for it. And, yeah. and I didn't say no. I tried to always say yes. And, and, and realize that you can't do this all by yourself. Yeah. That you need to have a team. I, one of my favorite television shows uh, is the A team. Yeah, you know, with uh, Mr. T and George Papard and uh, uh, Dirk Benedict and uh, Dwight Schultz, and and there's a scene in one of the uh, uh, pivotal episodes where this uh, this anti A team tries to take them down, a group of mercenaries, and of course sure. in the end they are they are triumphant. And Hannibal yeah. Smith looks at the guy who he's vanquished and said, "Next time you try to take us out, don't get yourself a squad. Make sure you have a team." And and uh, and then there's an explosion right behind him, you know, yeah, as yeah, he yeah. as he lights his cigar. But you need to have your team, or, or yeah. you know, uh, you know the people that you that support you, that you support. That you can't do this all by yourself. Nobody yeah. gets here by themselves. Yeah. Nobody gets to this point. I don't care what you do by yourself. You may think you did, but somebody, and usually more than one person helped you get to where you are today. Yeah. And and yeah, that's and your I team. Think, and that puts that puts the responsibility on you to think about how you treat people. Yeah. To think about, you know, to like to 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 you know to be as supportive as you are supported. And and to not just, you know, cut a swath through life not giving a shit about the people around you. Those people, they end up gone. They end up yeah. like where you don't hear from them anymore. Yeah. And it's, you know, the decent ones that stick around because it's a collab, oh, especially in this, it's a collaborative business, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, Absolutely. I don't know about being being a painter, you know, <laughs> or, or a poet, you know, that I don't know how many painters and poets are hanging around each other. But, but yeah, no, in this business, it's collaborative. You got it. You got to rely on those people and you got to treat them well. No yeah. one has time for dicks, you know? Nope. Nope. Yeah. That's a title of a book right there. <laughs> Yeah, but there's going to be plenty of like, I oh, know I have plenty of time for dicks. Don't worry about that. <laughs> well, Al, I'm so I'm so happy that you that you said yes to this, and I want it. And I mean, because it's been a long time, and you used to be. It was always such a thrill, you know. We somebody would you were our go to because you were in the building, and uh, not, I mean, not that wasn't just the only reason, but that was the well, first reason. But- is you were in the building, somebody would drop out, you would come on and be with us. And I almost, 
I can't think of a time when I wasn't happy to have you instead of whoever else it was. Well, and I that appreciate was, Well, and that's just because you are just, there is a, there is just a goodness in you that just, you can't hide. And, and you're funny and you're friendly and you're great, but, the, but what makes you so great is your goodness. I mean, if you weren't a weatherman, I, you know, I don't, you, you'd be doing something else, whether it's a teacher or, you know, even if, if you were, you know, directing or. You, you would still be sharing that. And, I, and I, I'm so happy you shared it with me today. Thank you. Well, all the best. It's so good to see you. I mean, I, good to see I get, you too. I, I, I really, I, when they said Andy Richter's podcast, I said, when, please. Oh, okay, good. I love that. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. It. Take care, my all friend. All right. Well, bye, Al, and bye to you out there. Uh, we will get back at you next time on The Three Questions. I've got a big, big love for you. The Three Questions with Andy Richter is a Team Coco and Earwolf production. It's produced by me, Kevin Bartelt, executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Chris Bannon and Colin Anderson at Earwolf. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, associate produced by Jen Samples and Galit Sahayek, and engineered by Will Beckton. And if you haven't already, make sure to rate and review The Three Questions with Andy Richter on Apple Podcasts. This has been... A Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com.